about being on the road. It's called Turn the Page. Welcome to MCSO Behind the Badge, an inside look at the Monroe County Sheriff's Office in Rochester, New York, under the leadership of Sheriff Todd Baxter. We're going to talk about what drives us, our leadership culture, our police work, and share some stories of the great deputies and civilian staff that work with us. We're going to talk with interesting guests, and we're going to invite you to engage in the conversation or just sit back, relax, and listen in. Now let's get in pursuit of today's show. Episode number five zero, episode 50 of the podcast Behind the Badge here in Rochester, New York. I'm Monroe County Sheriff Todd Baxter uh, with some great friends today. We're, we're chatting with other sheriffs. This is going to be exciting. I was looking forward to this program for weeks now to, to get you guys around me, mentors, friends, uh, fellow sheriffs. And uh, Sheriff Barry Verts, how are you? I'm doing well, Sheriff. Thank Fine you for Wayne the County. Invite. Absolutely. Mr. Henderson, Sheriff. Sheriff. Fine, how Ontario are, County. How are you doing? Doing well. Good. Doing well. And who's the rookie over here? Who's that? Well, I got that sheriff, Tom Doherty. Oh, Tom Doherty. No one knows him. He's never on TV, right? He never has nothing going on in Livingston County, county sheriff down there. We try to keep it quiet. You do. You go. do a great job, you except know? that I-390 corridor. How come everybody you stop and arrest is from Rochester? That's the that's the press release. You know, that's what we're trying to figure out. <laughs> Why are they all from Monroe County? All from Monroe County. That's it. I always see Monroe County. I'm like, damn it, he's doing it again. Well, great to have you guys with us. Uh, I, I thought it was important that we dive a little deeper into what a sheriff's office is. Uh, we got experience with uh, Sheriff Verts, uh, former uh, president of the New York State Sheriff's Association at one time, and uh, and uh, getting ready to fold up a career. You know, been a great, illustrious career. So why don't you share just a little bit about who you are and and uh, how long you've been doing this thing. And that, Mateo, did that music come in at the beginning? Did you get my Bob Seger stuff? I played that in 72, This because that's when you started, right? I mean, No. No? No? I didn't start in 72. Okay, about then, right? I actually got started, uh, got hired on my birthday, uh, June 7th, 1977. 77, okay. And I close. started, I, I got offered the job on my birthday, started three days later on June 10th, uh, started out inside the jail facility, worked in there for a year, went out on patrol for five years, then sergeant, uh, for three three years on the night shift, 85 through 87, was an investigator from 88 to 93, made lieutenant of CID in 93, and then uh, got assigned the jail facility, was chief administrative officer with the rank of chief deputy from 99 to 2009, and then was fortunate enough to be elected sheriff in uh, 2009 and uh, took office January 1st of uh, 2010. But truthfully, you know, it really all started when I was a little boy. My dad was judge in the town of Rose, held court oh, yeah. in our house. Yeah. And uh, people would sit on our porch that uh, had to come appear in front of him. And I would sit on a little stool in between the kitchen and uh, our foyer where my dad held court uh, with a little vinyl curtain. And I'd listen to the cases. And when either a deputy or a trooper would come to the house and say, hey, uh, hey, Bob, you better do this one in the car. It was like for a young boy, 8 to 10 years old, pull back the curtains. It was showtime. Somebody yeah, was being bad. Cops right in front yeah, of you. Yeah, somebody the was being bad. So and then my uncle uh, got hired at the sheriff's office in 71. Uh, he retired. Uh, he retired as a lieutenant in, uh, in the jail facility. So I was also fortunate to have his two sons, my two cousins. So there were four verses at the sheriff's office at one time. And to me, it's been a dream come true. Uh, a lot of hard work. Got to roll up your sleeves and yeah, uh, do some hard work. It's just you can't dream about it. You got to do you the work. Go do it. Absolutely. 
Well, it's uh, been great to work next to you for, for these years. I'm, I'm very sad your career is coming to an end. I know you and your wife decided uh, retirement was the next thing for you in your chapter, but uh, it's been an honor to work next to you. We called upon you many times being uh, new in this job as sheriff. and so well, I appreciate that. Absolutely. Sheriff Henderson. Sheriff. You got quite a bio to follow after that one. So how about tell the, tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Well, I was actually in seventh grade uh, when the right. sheriff was hired. But um, <laughs> wait, wait, wait till we get to that. <laughs> like Sheriff Vertz, um, I come from a family of law enforcement. Um, I'm third generation. Our grandfather started in 1924 in Canandaigua, and then our dad was a state trooper. And I say our because the reason that's for is uh, my brother Mark. I'm sure a lot of people uh, know my Mark. My brother Mark was the former chief of Brighton PD here in Monroe County, and uh, then uh, I started my career in 1984, 84, okay. May 28th. I'm starting my 37th year here oh. pretty soon, and uh, again, um, growing up, uh, I'm the Blue Bloods of Ontario County. Right. And I actually had an opportunity to go to Blue Bloods, meet Tom Selleck, and I was on the set of Blue Bloods. You look good with that uh, mustache, by the way. Yeah, try yeah, that. I think I tried the hairstyle, but it wouldn't work. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway. How'd you meet uh, him? That's interesting. Uh, uh, one of my friends, uh, Doug Turnbull, who owns a gun manufacturing custom gun club, uh, custom gun manufacturer, uh, invited me down. He did a gun for Tom Selleck. Uh, he told Tom about my uh, history and had bring him down. So what I got to go experience. on the set in New York City. That's cool. It was cool. Yeah. You give him some technical expertise here. Like that's not really how it's done there, Mister. Uh, try this technique. Actually, you know what? If you watch the show, they're pretty. Uh, pretty yeah, they're spot on, time, on. Right, they are. You they can tell are. they hire good people around them to give they, that yeah. to give them that feedback. They do. Sheriff Thomas Doherty, how are you? I'm good, buddy. Good. Great to have you here. Happy to be here. Yeah, we, we're going to talk horses in a minute, but let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about you first and your great family and and uh, probably one of the youngest sheriffs, if not ever in Levinson County, I'm assuming or. Uh, Definitely in, in somewhere in New York State in the pecking order. I mean, you've been blessed with a great career and run for sheriff and be elected as sheriff at such a young age. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, definitely blessed. Um, the 70s, I wasn't alive. Um, <laughs> came into this life in the 80s, and uh, I got hired as a deputy, and a couple of days later, I ran for sheriff. It was like, you know. Um, but, no, it's been a, it's been a great career. And a uh, great partnership, um, whether it was as a deputy or investigator or as sheriff. And, um, you know, what I've seen over the last, well, I'm finishing my eighth year right now as sheriff. Hard to believe. I was yeah, elected when incredible. I was 32, and uh, I'm 40 now. So it's uh, time flies. But the cooperative nature of the sheriffs, especially across western New York, yeah. is second to none. And that really is what, what gets you by day to day because yeah. these jobs can be lonely and these jobs can be tough and public safety never stops. Right. So um, having good partnerships like all three of you is, is, is really, uh, I, I take that every day I think about it and I'm so fortunate. So Yeah, we are a phone a friend, right? I mm -hmm. mean, it's, it's easy to pick up a phone and find some advice. And, and you know, one of the things I like about Sheriff and in this area is the diversity. I mean, we're joking about ages here, but, you know, you're young, you're innovative, you're, you're energetic, you're moving forward. Uh, you know, I'm 55 looking at, you know, a couple more terms, maybe, I don't know, we'll see what happens, but it's, it's good to be challenged by people, you know, and I look at you sometimes, I'm like, Doherty's doing that, I gotta get busy over here, right? <laughs> it's just fun to have people around you that keep you challenged and, and keep you moving forward, because we are public servants, you know, and we should be pushing the envelope all the time. Uh, without abusing and wearing out our staff, that's the, that's the magic of leadership sometimes. You know, we, we got great vision, right? mm -hmm. and someone's got to implement the vision. Mm -hmm. So, Sheriff Ertz, I understand you're going to build a house down south. Yeah, so i uh, going to retire at the end of the year. I uh, chose not to seek re-election. Uh, selfishly, if it was just me, I'd keep going, but uh, my wife's been retired for five years, and 
Truthfully, uh, I love the sheriff's office more than I love being sheriff, and I have a staff, uh, a good senior staff that has like between 20 and 30 years, and my fear was if I hung on for another, uh, you know, four or eight years, which my original idea was to go to 72 because I truly love the job and I love the work to help people. And uh, from, a, from a personal perspective, I thought that it would be best for me to leave to give people a chance to move up, uh, let the community pick another sheriff right. uh, to go forward. Uh, but if it was just me and, uh, you know, not six kids and 11 grandkids, <laughs> I'd probably keep going. But... You know, for my wife and I have been together a long time, and every time the fire whistle blew or the sheriff's office called out the door, I went. Right. And uh, now to spend time with her. And like I said, I still have the energy to do the job, but I can't stop that sun from setting or yeah. father time to put some years on. Yeah, tough decisions to make. Sheriff Doherty, you alluded to it a second ago, Tom. You know, yeah, this is this is a family affair. You know, it's lonely at the top, right? Mm -hmm. And I know, looking at the gentleman at the table with me, uh, we all rely on our spouses and our families. Uh, if not, this would not work. I mean, I'm looking at all three in the face, and if if it wasn't for the support of our spouses, maybe just uh, you know, let's 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 I guess explore that just a bit with the, with the, you know, lonely at the top is a saying. You know, there's certain cliches or, or principles, and and one of them is it's lonely. Whatever organization you're at the top of, it, it's a lonely position, right? So, so, talk to you know how this goes with your family, right? When you're a sheriff, that that that's 24/7 burden on you, but it's also a burden on your wife. It's a burden on your kids. You can't live a normal life mm -hmm. uh, as a county elected sheriff in such a visible position. Yeah, Livingston County is a small county too. We're you know about 65,000 residents. Um, my wife is always supportive. I got two kids with another on the yeah, way, yeah. so congratulations. You know, ages. Uh, my daughter will be six in July, my son will be four in June, and then new baby will be here mid-July. Um, so busy at home, busy at work, but you're 100% right. The, you know, People talk about the sacrifices of the military, the sacrifices of law enforcement members, but it's, it's the family behind them. Right. And if, if you don't have that support at home, it's nearly impossible. And um, there's been a couple times over the last several years that I've really need to reset at home. Right. And uh, you have to have the balance at work. You need to have the balance at home uh, to make it all work together. Yeah. And um, interestingly enough, COVID was actually a positive thing in a lot of regards because I, I was able to get that reset both, both areas. And um, I'm fortunate, too, because... Uh, my son comes, he wants to be a deputy yeah, sheriff yeah, in the worst yeah. way. He's three, you know. Um, I'm what, still what's debating. What's his nickname? Uh, he changes them. Uh, oh, it does. day to day. Um, he was tractor for a long right, time. Love tractors. Loved tractor. right. Then he was pizza boy because oh, all he needed was, was yeah. pizza. Um, he, he varies. But he uh, he comes to the office all the time. Yeah. And to the point where he's got a little ID badge. And one day he walks in. I don't know who gave it to him. Someone in records. And it says second in command link, and it's got a picture on it. And he's so proud of this thing. He's got a badge on his waist. There you go. So, you know, the, the, the different sacrifices you make, there's also balance to it. And I, I love it when he's there. And my daughter, she's not so big on coming to the sheriff's office. But once in a while, she'll show up, too, yeah. and it's fun. That's cool. So it reminds me of Ron Spike, Sheriff Spike in Yates <laughs> County. His father was the sheriff. Wow. And Ron tells the story. He's he's the senior sheriff in yeah, the state the right state, now. Yeah. And, yeah. And Ron tells a story that he was dispatching calls from the Yates County 911 Center at age 10. That's he dispatched awesome. his first call because he That's lived there. That's what it's all about. <laughs> pretty wild. Yeah, when we get our families involved in this, and, and you better as sheriff. That's what I found out. You know, Mary's very involved in the sheriff's office, whether raising funds for a foundation or something or setting up horse competitions with Sheriff Doherty. And then, Who won well, that competition? Uh, we're we're going to get into that, I think, oh, in the okay. second hour. Okay. It's only a 30-minute show, but we'll get into the second hour. So. <laughs> 
I'm glad it's in the second hour. <laughs> let me just let me just confirm that Sheriff Doherty grew up in Livingston County, right? And claims he never rode a horse before this competition. But we're going to stick with that story. <laughs> Do a background check on that one, Sheriff Henderson. Well, you got to give credit to Big Spence. <laughs> Big, yeah, the horse was all Spence. Yeah. Oh. It wasn't the rider. Rest in peace, Spence. Yeah. How'd your horse work out for you? I was doing a <laughs> barrel race. There. I gave him a ringer. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have the horses down in that county, so I reached out to Todd, and he let me uh, use one of his mounted uh, uh, units, and I had Monty. Monty was and, good. Uh, but Monty was a barrel racer before he became a patrol horse. And, and he demonstrated that with yeah, you on it. When we were out on the, uh, out on the course, Monty yeah, it wasn't a barrel to, racer, by the way, if you're, if you're listening. So, but uh, but anyways, so, you know, I agree, I agree with everybody here. We all know we owe credit to our families, mm-hmm. to our wives. Um, my wife, Cindy, uh, we've been together ever since I've been in law enforcement. Um, she knew my goal was to become a deputy, and shortly after we met, I became a deputy in uh, 1984. And um, she supported me uh, every step of the way, uh, not only here in uh, law enforcement, but I've been a member of a federal team for 21 years. Mm-hmm. I go all out throughout the country for mass fatalities, and I'll be gone for a month at a time. And she supports me every way. So, you know, I have gotten to know, obviously, Mary, and um, you know, and all of us, you know, all of our wives, and uh, only they know, each other just knows what their husbands right. have to do every day. Yeah. So, Why we're awake at 3 o'clock in the morning. You know? Yeah, the 3 o'clock phone Why calls. Not, and, yeah. Or yeah. just waking up. I don't know about you guys, but some of my best ideas or my, my anxiety kicks in at 3, like, did I do that right yesterday, or yeah. should I have done more or less? Because <clears throat> yeah. if you care, that's, that's always my definition of leadership. You know, you, you can read a lot of books on leaderships, and there's a lot of profound principles on leadership, and but, uh, you know, I, I found the best servant leaders are the ones that wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning going, oh, crap, right? Because you care. If you don't care, I, I, we've all seen many leaders that sleep right through the night. I'm like, how do they do that? You know, it, it doesn't make them worse or better than us, but I know I wake up often worrying about my job and if I'm doing it the best I can or if I treat an employee right or if I should have something, you know. Or when you go to bed at night, you're thinking, Jesus, I do the best that I could have done for the community and our employees. And, uh I wish maybe I'd done this a little different or mm-hmm. something, you know. So that's where experience and expertise, I think, uh, really kicks in. Yeah, absolutely. Sheriff Henderson, you're the newest sheriff, right? Yeah, you're, yeah. I got a year of seniority on you. Thank you. You do. Ah, that you just do. makes me feel good. Uh, but what was what was surprising when you took the helm? You took the helm of a, a sheriff's organization. We were talking right before we started the podcast of, you know, we have road patrols, we have jail bureaus, we have civil bureaus. Uh, court security, you know, what, what was the biggest surprise to you when you actually took the helm? We all knew what we were getting into. We all studied and signed up and well, the actual position of sheriff and elected in the New York, you know, New York State Constitution, this will be elected by the people. Right. You know, what what what, what stands out the most when you're like, all right, now I got it? <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know, the, the job itself is immense. You know, I, I we have a 911 center. I think Sheriff Doherty and I, the four of us in here, we also have a 911 center. You know, we're a busy county, you know, almost 100, for us, 180,000 calls. Right. Um, you know, very populous county. We have lakes. You know, I have four lakes in my county, uh, one being Canandaigua Lake, a sought-after lake that a lot of people come down and want to use the lake. Um, you know, the biggest thing is um, we are elected, and I'm very proud of that. Uh, we're the executives of our office under the Constitution. And the balance, the political part, right. is, is a challenge. Yeah. Um, a lot politics does have to uh, play in this, and uh, I always try to. Anybody in the community, does, I don't ever ask party affiliation. How can I help you, and what, what can I do to, to help solve your problem? 
Um, and that's a challenge because, again, internal politics are there. Right. They're right. real. Yeah. They're real. Yeah. And, and when you have uh, you have more than one employee yourself, you're always going to find someone that might not like you that well, right? It's Because yeah. we're leaders. we got to make decisions that, yep. that might offend or... I always say they, you know, we, we all grew up in our, our careers and you always wonder what they were doing at the top of the organization. Now that we're they, you know, it's very important that we try and explain to everybody as much as possible. But communication breaks down, and but there's always going to be one or two that aren't, aren't fans of, of any employer. But, uh, yep. So, Sheriff Virch, what, uh, what was it like in 1972? No, I'm only joking, 77, right? You know, actually, when I started uh, the sheriff's office, I think we only had about 60 employees at the time. Uh, we had like two reports, a crime report and a report that if it wasn't a crime, uh, that was in a day where you almost knew where you're going to have trouble. You knew the community very intimately and right. stuff like that. You know, now we're in a situation where there's a lot of stress in our communities and, you know, every engagement, you know, our officers, our deputies have to be very careful of, you know, how they engage people. We want to show everyone respect and dignity and we want to make sure that we show people we deal with empathy um, but it, it's really changed because it's got a, a lot more busy. Uh, I think our body cameras have really helped us. I was a big study of that when Ferguson happened. And one thing I, I've been very proud of is that I've evolved with the times. Right. I've just not got stagnant. Right. And you, you constantly have to challenge yourself. And I don't care what industry you're in, what discipline you're in. Change is hard for people, but we have to be ahead of change in what right. we're doing for our communities. And that's cops. hard. You got to protect yeah. it. Especially cops. And yeah. that, that, that's hard for our staff to do because they get in a routine, and a routine and complacency yeah. is what's going to get us hurt. Yeah, we write books about change, right? There's change mm -hmm. models and things like that, but no one likes it, and cops do not like it. Mm -mm. Do not like it. Could, do you mind if we? Uh, it, um, it's live, but I can always bleep this out if you mind. So. Uh, share a little bit about your family. I know you're very, uh, yeah, you're so very in tune with the opioids. And, I, I am. You know, yeah. people people look at us uh, as you know the sheriff, and uh, you know you sit on this throne, or you, they think you have a fiefdom or whatever. Right. But my my family has had some real issues. Uh, Sandra and I have a blended family. Uh, she had four children from a previous marriage. I have two. Uh, her children were very young when we got together. I'm not their biological father, but I'm their dad. Uh, our oldest son has had uh, drug addiction, uh, has had mental health issues. Sorry, uh, he's in federal prison right now. Uh, my wife's background is she was director of the Head Start program in the county, worked for that program for 35 years. So, you know, we had our domestic issues home with a, with a son that we would come home. I knew all the lawyers and the judges. She knew all the counselors, and we were, like, helpless. Right. And it's really made me a better sheriff to understand that hey, look, if I can have these problems, our family have these problems, what do people that don't know where to go or to right. get help? And we struggled with this. We yeah. struggled with this. He's in federal prison right now. Uh, so, again, it really made me understand the empathy of families. The What I'll say, every family has a story. Yep. And just because you have a child that's not doing well, I always say we take far too much credit when our children, when they do well, and we assume far too much guilt when they don't. <laughs> And the other thing is you just got to understand that in our jail facilities, family that come visit inmates, and it's very important that yeah. they have that connection. It doesn't mean that the family's bad. Maybe they mental health issue, drug addiction. Uh, maybe that person didn't have the mentoring. But you really have to have an open mind when it comes to what's going on in a family. And just because someone's not doing well should not be a reflection on the parents or the rest of the family. And you can do both, you know. I'll go to Sheriff Doherty and, uh, you know, I, 
a very proactive cop when you when you when you're a police officer. Right? You led uh, you and I have something in common. I led the Rochester Police Department one year in, in arrest, and I see you did that twice in your agency. So, mm-hmm. uh, but that you're you're out locking up the bad guy. That's part of our job description. But on the other side, we also and I. I I know you, that empathy and that compassion and, you know, so you're breaking the law. It's time to bring you before a judge. And if you're convicted, do your time. Right. But what's at the other end? I think we're all very in tune with that, you know, especially people inside our jail. All mm-hmm. right, you're in here. I got to treat you well in here and I got to feed you. But how do I get you out of here that you never come back? You know, mm-hmm. so, so just, uh, help, you know, people look at someone young like you, an aggressive cop on the road, uh, able to get as many bad guys off that I-390 corridor as possible, running dope, you know, across our state. Uh, but then at the other end, you know, as we look at, at, at jailing some people, you know, the programs that you develop and the, and, the, and the systems you develop to help people that are incarcerated. Yeah, um, I think it's really no different when I was a deputy on patrol or a sheriff. Uh, I get I get great reward in keeping the community safe. I felt that way working the interstate as a deputy. I feel that way as a sheriff. Uh, the biggest difference is the difference is the sheriff is what programs are you gonna initiate, launch, and have a mission to accomplish? And one sheriff once said that um, our our inmates are a captive audience, right. and it's true. We we have their their custody and we have their care, and so while we have them and have their attention, what programs can we put in there? Amen. And right. and then how do we transition them? Because well, uh, sheriffs, I'm preaching to the choir here, right, but right. we know our, the, the majority of our inmates um, either have mental health issues, substance abuse, substance abuse issues, or they just had a horrible upbringing. They right. didn't have a mom, a dad, a loving figure. And so some of them are just looking for love, plain right. and simple. Um, so when we can work with them in the facility, and then the real important part comes the transition. Exactly. How can we again, transition that's, that's them the most out and, and ensure that they don't come back in the long term? Because short term is real easy. We can we can set up transportation. Right. We can make sure they got a hotel, motel, family to go to. But what's the long term right. plan for their success? And we're just, we are we sheriffs are starting to take ownership of that. And I remember when I started some innovative programs in Monroe County, some of the people were yelling at me, that's not your job description. You know, you shouldn't be doing that. There should be professionals doing it. Well step up to the plate. I'm ready anytime you are. But like you said, it's gotta be long term. You know, we we are interested in our inmates two years after they leave us. And that's mm-hmm. not our job description by any means. We're in care and custody while they're in custody, right? When they leave the door, we can forget about them. But if we forget about them, they're going to be back anyways. They're going to destroy more families, their family. They're going to victimize other people. There's so many wins to help people while they're in jail. Mm-hmm. Right? There's so I many agree. wins to the whole community, to the taxpayers, to everybody. Everybody wins. And and these are human souls. Maybe they, you know, they can be on a path of success. And, and we do have the best opportunity, I think, in custody is, you know, it's you know if your kid's going through a, I'm preaching to the choir over, you know, if your kid's going through a, an addiction state, especially an addiction that could kill you, opioids, uh, you know, you want them in the jail. You beg for them to be in the jail. So now while they're in there, I always say, let's set up the Betty Ford Clinic. You know, mm-hmm. Most people don't even know who that is, but, you know, set up the best treatment facility inside there as you can because mm-hmm. we got what everybody dreams of. They're in custody. They're in custody. Yeah, amen. Yep. So what's your favorite style of police work there? I, well, I got to go back. You said something earlier, and, and I knew this, but I didn't really dive into it. So you do these mash casualty what? You go away for 30 days? Is this... Share a little bit about that there, Sheriff Henderson. Well, my background, and, you know, I am kind of with uh, Sheriff Doherty's family. Not only am I a sheriff, but I'm a licensed funeral director. Uh, way back in, uh, two th- well, yeah, 2000, I wanted to go back to school. I have a degree in criminal justice. I went back and got a degree in mortuary science. 
uh, just because I had interest in it. I would and, make a good uh, joke, but Sheriff uh, Doherty's no. whole family's yeah. involved. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> and he never yeah. rode a horse, but we'll talk about that later. So, so <laughs> as that developed, um, I had an opportunity to go on a, a federal team called DMOR, which is Disaster Mortuary Operational Response Team. And uh, that uh, team, uh, we go out, there's in the country uh, right now, there's about 700 of us really? only in the country, and we go to mass fatalities. Typically, uh, something like an airliner goes down, uh, a hurricane, uh, 9-11, unfortunately. Sure. And uh, my uh, duty there is I'm a mortuary affairs officer, and I go and uh, work with the pathologists, and we try to identify the remains. I'm very proud of that team. Um, I, I've applied, and hopefully I'll hear soon. I'm in line to, uh, to get the commander's position, which I'll oversee Region 2, uh, which is New York, New Jersey, Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands. Wow. Uh, it's, and again, I'll oversee uh, this region and, and deploy the necessary staff when we need it. So, you know, I'm very proud of that. And uh, we do great work. Uh, you know, there's a magnitude of specialties that come together. Nobody's better than anybody else. We work with doctors, odontologists, which is a forensic uh, dentist, and everybody else, uh, and it's a good program. Do you fall under FEMA when that's activated, or who do you? Yeah, uh, so we're under the Health and Human Services Division in okay. D.C., Okay. Uh, and then uh, we're intermittent federal employees. So when we're deployed, uh, typically we go for a minimum of two weeks or up to a month. Wow. Yeah. People have no idea. No, but no, no idea. idea. What, no that's, idea. That's good. I did. Yeah. I'm glad you shared that. Sheriff Fertz, what's in, what's in the future of law enforcement as you're, as you're getting ready to put the hat on the hook and, and walk away? What do you, what do you see? What's, what's in the future of, of the Wayne County Sheriff's? What's, what's innovative coming up? Because I'm going to steal it, by the way. So. Well, that's okay. So uh, this year we're uh, putting car cameras in to go along with our body cameras. We have a contract with uh, Axon. We have had one with them. We enhanced it. So... Now, anytime a taser is brandished or our sidearm is brandished, all the cameras go on. And again, I've, I've seen cameras to protect our officers, that that's the total uh, view of what happened, not little snippets of around, uh, you know, that people have taken with their cell phones and they're not in sequence. Uh, the other thing is, you know, we have to keep on discovery. That's, that's, yeah. that's very burdensome for not only law enforcement, but for... Uh, you know, our district attorney's office, you know, you write something on a napkin, you know, you do a text, all that's got to be turned over. Uh, I think we re really need to do an adjustment from the legislative branch on bail reform. Uh, I agree with 90% of bail reform, but there's about 12 or 15, uh, you know, statutes that I think we need to give discretion to our judges. That's outside of us. You know, we, talk, we talked about the politics, and the sad part about politics today is, you know, we, we have to get on a line to run, all right? Uh, but we're different from the legislative branch. In the legislative branch, what I've seen is uh, they wheel and deal or they, uh, they do their offices by the 51%. I'm only going to take care of the 51% of the people that elected me, and I'm not going to worry about the other 49. Where we're in the executive branch, look, 100%. We, we have to be on a line to get elected, uh, but once we're elected, you know, we, we have to give everybody a fair shake. Everybody needs to be feel that they're fair when they come to us with a problem. Mm -hmm. So I can tell you when it comes to politics and our, you know, Sheriff's Association or even when we talk, it doesn't come up. It's always what's good for public safety. Right. We don't talk about the R, the D, the C, the I, or whatever. We talk about what's good for public safety. And I think we need to make sure that we instill that with every sheriff that's elected uh, across the state. That's one thing that I said when I was president in uh, 2018 of the Sheriff's Association. 
I, I don't care what your political affiliation is. What's good for our communities? What's good for the people we represent? And how do we try to make victims as whole as possible, knowing that they've lost something in their victimization, right. but to try to make them as whole as possible? I think that's what's important to our offices. Because we touch so many, and no disrespect to a police chief, but as sheriff, we run a jail, we, run, we have security in the courts, we have the civil office, and we have our police services. So we touch about everybody's person, right. personal life. Yeah, very deep. A sheriff's office runs very deep in the community and touches so many points. Sheriff Doherty, uh, the future of Livingston County, the next four, five, six years, what, what's, your, what's your innovation? What's your, cause I just got the, well, uh, you know, I just told Sheriff Ertz the other day I'm playing some things close to the chest. We got Bruin, um, some ideas. Good. He's nodding his head over there. Um, I'm totally messing with him. He says that, you, you know. Him as your undersheriff? Is that, no, are he, we going to say that now? No. So I'm just going <laughs> to, oh, wait, go. I'm going to interrupt here, okay? Because uh, well, so we're going to have a little fun with this. Tom gets elected sheriff, okay? So when I got elected, Sheriff Maha from Jiv uh, Liv or Genesee County called me up and said, hey, we got a meeting in Albany. You want to ride with me? Never right. met never met Gary before. Right. He was, he, we talked a lot up and back. So I wanted to extend that courtesy when Tom got elected I called him up. Hey, look, let's ride together. So we're going up to through it. I won't tell you the whole conversation because it was a little uh, whatever. But anyhow, we're talking, and he goes, as you can imagine, you know, yeah. you're 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 old Until enough. You you're old enough to be my father. And I looked at him. I said, if you call me your father, I'm going to kick you out of this car. You can call me your <laughs> uncle, but don't call me your father. Halfway to Geneva. But but again, that's how we reach out to people. Yeah. You know, he was just newly elected, 32 years old. I was like 56 at the time, and you know, you just try to help everybody you can. But he does play it close to his chest. He does. There's more to that story. Oh, there's a lot more to that story, but we can't share it on this podcast. Yeah, he's upset because the other day we're at Flea. So the three of us are in uh, FLEA together, which mm -hmm. is Finger Lakes Law Enforcement Academy. And they're talking about our seminar that's coming up in October, and they're going to have Justin Collins there. Yep. And I'm like thinking in the back of my head, I wish Justin Collins wasn't coming. But I don't say anything. But they see the look on my face that oh, yeah. he's coming. My old there. CID days when you read the yeah, gestures, yeah, yeah. you know. So I call him out. He calls me out. And I said, oh, no, I'm good. He goes, don't. What's the smirk? You can't smirk like that. And I'm like, well, I'm not really smirking. I'm actually a little upset that Justin Collins is coming. I love Justin. But I'm tapping into his pond of recruits. And it's been very successful. Yeah, I yeah, got yeah, five yeah. in background right, right. now. Yeah. And so, he doesn't want to share. He doesn't want to share. <laughs> well, you know, it's tough it's getting people in the door. It's, it's tough. It's tough. And you're on the way out the door. door. <laughs> Where about your own problems? <laughs> That's what Doherty's saying. <laughs> you know what? Right? Why are we sharing it? I'll share a lot of things. Why are you sharing it? But yeah. I need I need good talent coming in the door. Yeah, if I got a hot, I told them it's kind of like if I bring you down to Canisius Lake fishing. Right. I'll show you the lake. Yep. Welcome to Livingston yeah, County. I might not take dock. you to my I'm favorite spot. I'm not showing you the, <laughs> that one inlet. I'm not showing you. There's no way. That's classic. Um, you wouldn't give up Justin Collins. That's, Justin runs a, uh, a workforce development for law enforcement yep. group. Very successful, especially yeah. uh, diversifying. You know, he's helping us get some diverse candidates prepared yep. and all that. But, so you don't want to share that, huh? No. Well, and you know what? They're polished. I will tell yeah. you right now. Our experience with these five in background, yep. I think it's five now, maybe more. Um, they are complete professionals. Justin's mm -hmm. doing a phenomenal job sure teaching them the ropes and... Yep. And I will say this about those recruits. They are dedicated. Yeah. Dedicated people. They're paying to be there. They want to get in the field, and they're willing to do whatever. So the lesson here is you can play poker with Doherty, and you can read his face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's got yeah. The, he doesn't have the Trump. 
There's yeah. no way he has a drone. Probably the biggest uh, thing we're working on in the county right now is our training complex. We are really blessed. We tried to get a range. We've always had to beg, borrow, and steal. Right. So you can go to sportsman's clubs and use different ranges. So 2014, when I got elected, I said, hey, that's something we really got to work on. We had a plan set up. Ultimately, the plan crumbled. Uh, some different things happened. And ultimately, the county purchased nearly 100 acres for us. And so wow. it's situated on our own little land there. Um, we're, we've put a mounted arena on it for our mounted patrol. We put a canine uh, arena in for the canine teams. We just put up a 30-yard pavilion covered uh, for our first 25 yards of the range. It's a 100-yard range. The classroom's going to be built in the next year or two. So essential. Um, we just have a it's, – it's a great area, and I'm so excited because, mm. let's face it, what comes up now in 2021? Training. Training. What it's training all, have you done? Any yeah. area you see is, is the lack of training, right? And it's yeah. not against the people that work for us. It's yeah. shame on us for not getting more training opportunities for them. Amen. So we see it as a, a great opportunity for Good our thing. members to develop them, uh, whether it's in special units, especially firearms. Yeah. So we're excited about that. Yeah. And, and most important to me is, is decision-making, right? Cognitive decision-making under stress, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't matter if you're doing an emergency vehicle operation course, you're doing a shooting, judgmental shooting course, uh, you're working de-escalation skills with some role players that are really jacking up the, you know, the getting the scenario really pumped up, right? Mm -hmm. and, and people can work through that de-escalation. Training is so essential. Man, I say it many times on this podcast, we train sometimes at a minimum, at, the, at a maximum, Two times a year, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Your favorite baseball team's out there four or five times a week, and, mm -hmm. and the worst thing that's going to happen to them is an error, mm -hmm. right? Where, where our careers can come crashing to an end, or we could take someone's life or lose a life. Yeah. It's a huge responsibility. So congratulations on pushing that training level, because one of the limiting factors sometimes is areas to train in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And when I when I became sheriff, we would we wouldn't train uh, in defensive tactics. You get in the academy, you get evoc in the academy, mm -hmm. and firearms, like you said, one or two times a year. And so now we're doing DT, EVOC, and firearms all the time. Right. Those three areas are so important. Um, we're working with Axon right now on their virtual reality. It's a headset simulator. Yep, so yep. it's not the big simulator room. You really don't need a ton of space, but it hooks up with your holster, your taser. They give you different scenarios. Mm -hmm. That's what it's all about. You said it, stress. Yeah. People act different under stress. stress. Cops do too. So right. if you're not training under stress, you're, you're, you're not doing it right. And we expect our staff to respond to some PowerPoint they seed six months ago, and that's how you should react under stress. It's impossible. The neurons don't work that way by any means. So, uh, Sheriff Henderson, we're, we're getting ready to wrap this up. Let's talk a little bit about that Canandaigua Lake. So you you police an area, probably the, what I say, I couldn't say per capita, but that's a very, very rich lake, right? That's one of the richest lakes in the United yeah. States, I believe, as far it, it, as property values. and It is. You know, it that, is. that brings a unique policing perspective and, and, and pressure, doesn't it? Uh, it does. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have a great relationship. We have four billionaires that live on the Think lake. Think about that. Four billionaires. That's and right. then uh, a magnitude of millionaires. <laughs> um, a lot of them are prominent families, uh, large business, corporation owners. You know, but we have a good relationship. Yeah, you um, do. They're very supportive. Um, you know, if you go by, if you're on the patrol boat, they'll wave you in and ask if you want a soda or something. That's awesome. Water. Just good people. So they're good people. Yeah, Canandaigua Lake is a gem of the Finger Lakes. Um, again, uh, we're uh, we're focused on come down, enjoy our lake, or if you live in the community, go out and enjoy it. Uh, but just be safe. And remember, we don't want you to uh, drink and boat because boating while intoxicated is a problem. So we, uh, we do a lot of training, we do a lot of education, uh, and again, um, big thing is, is on social media, just letting people know that there are laws on the lake, that we have them on the road, we have them on the lake. Right. So yeah, and then we have CMAC, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, the Performing Great. Arts Center. Hopefully, uh, we are having shows, shows this are year. back, right? Yeah. Yep, working with uh, with the folks there at CMAC, Chris Tuttle and Jenny Clark, and yeah. and the Sands, who's part of a obviously they own Constellation Brands. They're a big supporter of the county. They are. You 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 have a great community down there, and so we're gonna finish this up. We finish this uh, podcast up with uh, behind the badge, uh, uh, behind the badge, no Miranda zone, and that means I'm the sheriff in Monroe County. You're not. So when I ask questions, you got to answer them. You can never write there and remain silent. So we're in Wayne County. You can do what you want. Hey, uh, before we go, the Rose connection. Charlie Little, RPD officer. Did you guys yep. know the Littles? Yep. Char- Charlie lived in North Rose. Yeah. Uh, I remember yeah. Charlie as a kid. He would come rolling into town after the night shift at RPD. Charlie and I worked together for yep. years. When yep. you said Rose, I just had to bring that up. Yep. Charlie, I, I remember him. Yeah. So let's go to the normal Miranda zone. Uh, we're just going to banter back and forth, answer the questions as quick as you can. Der- Doherty is the young guy here, right? Sheriff Doherty. So you know hashtags, right? Yeah. What a hashtag means or what it comes in. If you're going to hashtag uh, Sheriff Verts, what, what would be his hashtag? Buy the book, Barry. <laughs> Buy the book, Barry. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you very book. much. That's quite a compliment. You got one for. Uh, why are you looking at him? I'm going Henderson. You want to fire back? He's like, I got uh, hashtag Henderson. What are we going to hashtag? This is fun. Everybody's nervous. Henderson, I would say uh, multidimensional. Multidimensional, yeah. Well, I mean, school resource officer, county coroner, worked for the sheriff's office, now sheriff. Yeah, fantastic. Sheriff Henderson, no pressure. You get Tom Doherty. Man, I'll give you a list. Well, you know, there, there's this. Let's when, keep when, it clean, Sheriff. So, so when Tommy got elected, I was at his parents' house for a party. I got to tell him. Oh my this. gosh, oh, you go. better so edit this out. <laughs> you, better, you better edit this out already. I don't know where to So, in my 30 seconds, Tommy walks in. Uh, you know, it's a it's July 4th party on the lake, and uh, my wife and I are sitting there. Tommy walks in, just gets elected, and these two young girls, I think they're probably 17, 18 years old, or maybe younger, I don't know. Tommy walks in, and the first thing you hear, they start screaming. They're they're running towards Tommy and saying, "Hottie with a body." Really? Is here, so hashtag Hottie with a body. Hottie with the body. Where's the edit button? Where's the? <laughs> there is no way that's getting edited. Actually, it's uh, going to get put on a T-shirt. True story. <laughs> true story. I don't recall I don't this recall. story. Yeah, I think answer. it's really made up. A good answer. So, uh, favorite athlete all time, Barry Verts. Cal Ripken. Big Orioles yeah, fan, grew, grew up, you know, with Rochester Red Wings yeah. and like that. Uh, stayed dedicated to the Orioles. Everybody else is a Yankee fan. You're a Boston you fan. Got it. Man, you know I, try, I, I try to go down there a couple times a year, but uh, Brooks Robinson early on and then Cal Ripken, oh, those two. Great stadium down there. Yep, isn't it? beautiful. Great area waterfront. Yep. Sarah Henderson, favorite athlete. I like golf, so I'm going to say Jack Nicholas. Yeah? Yep, he uh, really uh, has, you know, really done a job of putting golf on the map. Right, and, uh, yeah. You know, Tiger Woods even. Yep. You know, went uh, right after what he did. And, and who won the tournament this past weekend? Uh, the old guy. Did he get it? The old guy. The old guy. The he old was guy slipping was. away. I, he had like an eight-stroke lead when I seen it on Sunday. <laughs> that's, that's a tough course down there. Yeah. 30 yeah. mile an hour. What did he win by? Do you remember? Uh, he won by th- two. Two. Two, yeah. By so two. he hovered yeah. right there. Yeah. Had to learn. Sheriff Doherty, favorite athlete. Anybody who knows me knows I'm a Bills fan. Jim Kelly. Jimbo. Kelly Toff. Machine Gun love Kelly. His, love his style. Love his personal story. Uh, he's just, he's tough. Yeah. I got a picture in my office I got to show you of Jimbo. We caught him up in Shalott one night. He was out a little late that night. and mm-hmm. uh, There was a big bar fight and and uh, we cleaned up the bar fight up in Shalott and, and then he comes stumbling. Uh, stumbling, I shouldn't say that. Did I say that out loud? He came out, but it was after two o'clock, right? 
And he had this gall to walk by us and goes, what the hell took so long? I was waiting for you guys. Mm -hmm. So we just stopped. He talked to all of us for maybe 20 minutes, just bantering back and forth about how he would have done it better or easier or faster, you know. And like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it was a good experience. But then we took a great picture. And one of the guys taking the pictures with us was happened to be a Dolphin fan. And Jim decided to let him know what he thought about Dolphins. So nice. It was just good. Nice. Well, guys, thanks for joining us. It really is important that people see who's behind the badge, see the sheriff position. Uh, for who you guys are and, and first of all you're good humans people of character we run for office i don't think anybody ran for office in this position for titles if you do you, you didn't last very long because it's not about the title but it's about service community and barry you, you've been a mentor for a long long time we really appreciate it we're going to miss you uh at these meetings we're going to miss your stories going down i-90 with sheriff doherty uh, and uh thanks for your service brother i i appreciate that uh you know i was thinking on the way up uh I wouldn't change a thing in my career. It's been very rewarding, especially the people that I work with. But one thing that we haven't talked about here today that I think that's important that our community knows that we all have a great faith in a higher power. Yeah. All, all four of us do. Yeah. And I think that's important that we keep that in check also. Yeah, it's called being grounded. Right? Yes, sir. Being grounded. Yes, sir. It's something well beyond these titles. Uh, and Sheriff Doherty, Sheriff uh, Henderson, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it. Yeah. Hopefully we got a little thank glimpse you. into us and uh, understand uh, who we are. Thanks for joining us, folks. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of MCSO Behind the Badge. In between episodes, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Monroe Sheriff NY. Until next week, be safe.